Hello, my name is Pastor Mark Sturmer with The Church International, and I would just like to say welcome to our podcast. I know God wants to use this to speak something very positive into your life. I know this will encourage you, help you grow in your walk with the Lord. And look, if you enjoy this, leave a review, make sure you share it with someone, and go ahead and subscribe so that you won't miss out on any of the messages that God wants to communicate to you. Well, look, God bless, get ready, lean in, and watch what the Lord is about to do.
Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Wasn't that amazing, guys? Wow. Happy Easter to each and every one of you. Look at your neighbor and say, Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Guys, this story that was just sung to you, and one of the reasons we did Passover Friday. How many of you enjoyed that Passover? Wasn't that great? Friday, that was amazing. And so this story is something we can never stop telling. You know, at the end of service, as you're leaving, we're going to hand you uh, a little cross. And I want that cross to remind you about the importance of this story. We must keep telling the story. As a matter of fact, let it get sealed in your head that every time you see a cross, that you're reminded about the story. And not just reminded about the story, but that you have a responsibility to tell that story to others. Involving your story, hearing their story. And so it's important, guys. How many think that's important? It's the most important thing in life. You know, today I want to talk to you about the encounter. Because the fact of the matter is, I have a question I need to ask you, and then 
Today, I'm giving you a test. Say, oh, me. All right, I'm giving you a test today, so get ready for that. But the first question is, we have all heard about Jesus Christ, but have we encountered him and then decided to follow him by giving up our lives for his? That's a big question right there. You know, we all have heard about him. Have we encountered him? And of our own free will, have we embarked on the journey of following him? Embracing his life, giving up ours, dying to our life and living to his. Because we can encounter him and know that we did, but still walk away from that encounter unchanged. And we have to understand that. I think this happens a lot where people encounter him, but they walk away unchanged. I'm going to give you a couple of stories in the Bible. One is the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler is one of those that, you know what? He wanted salvation. He desired salvation. He was seeking out salvation. And he, he went and talked to the Lord and he said, Lord, you know, what, what do I need to do? And the Lord gave some commandments and he said, hey, I, I've done those. And the Lord just put his finger on something. He said, well, then sell everything that you have, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. And here's this, you know, rich young man that is having this encounter who wanted salvation, but who came to a place where he wasn't willing to give up what he had for Jesus. And I think this happens a lot in the world that we live in. I've I've witnessed to people, and come on, you've heard it, where people are like, well, I don't want to give up my fun. <clears throat> I don't want to give up doing this or doing that. And because they, want to, they don't want to give up everything for Jesus, they end up walking away from that encounter unchanged because they were not willing to give it all for him. In the Scripture, actually, Jesus teaches that if you're not willing to give up everything for the Lord, everything, then you're not worthy to be a disciple. And so I know in the world today, especially in the American gospel, not in the biblical gospel, but the American gospel is like, you can have Jesus and everything else. You can have your cake and eat it too. But the fact of the matter is, that's not what the gospel tells us. The gospel says you got to be willing to give it all up to follow him. So here's a rich young ruler who walked away sad. And I don't want anyone to walk away sad today. Another one is the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and it's all over the four Gospels, where they, they read about who Jesus was going to be, and then when they met him, they rejected him because they had made up in their mind who they thought he should be. And I think this happens a lot in the church world, where people, you know, they... They feel like, this is the God I want. This is the Savior that I can imagine in my mind. But when the real Savior stands up, and the real Savior comes and encounters them, they're not willing to accept who He is, because they preconceived in their mind who they thought He should be. And guys, I don't want this to happen to any of you. You've got to accept Him for who He is. I was explaining some scripture about who God is. And, you know, Pastor Terry, uh, I was actually talking about, 
you know, the Lord and, and some of the things that he's done throughout scriptures in punishment. And then Peter talks about if he didn't spare the, the world or the angels, you know, and he's, he, he can, it says he can hold people in judgment. He actually says that until the time. And they said, well, that don't sound like the character of God. And I said, well, that's because you're not embracing who God really is. See, we want to come up in our mind who he is. No, he is who he is. That's why he says, I'm, I am. And so we have to accept who he is. So many, they go, they have an encounter, but instead of embracing who he is, they begin to criticize who he is. Mm. Even to the point they crucified him. And then you have the next example with Pontius Pilate. Pontius Pilate, here he is. He has Jesus and you got the world that's clamoring to crucify him. And he has to make a decision of what he's going to do as a ruler in this instance. And so he said, he said, Jesus, he said, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus looked at him, he says, are you saying this of your own accord? Or did someone tell you that? And I think this is a problem in the church world today as well is that people believe that he is the Son of God because someone told them, because a pastor told them, because uh, a parent told them, instead of understanding that in their heart, on their own. Because the Lord says that, you know, the revelation of Christ is what he builds his kingdom on. He says it's the revelation that you are the Son of God because flesh and blood cannot reveal that to you. Only my Father in heaven can do that. And so here's Pontius Pilate, and Jesus asking this question, and then he's facing all these people, and all the people are wanting to crucify Jesus, and he's in a peculiar place where what is he going to do? Is he going to stand up for Jesus? He was trying to stand up for Jesus. He really didn't want to crucify Jesus. He liked Jesus. He was like, truth, what is truth? I mean, he was intrigued by what was going on here. His wife had warned him. Don't, you better watch out. This is a holy man. And so, and so here he is. He's got to make a decision. Do I, do I truly stand up for him and suffer with him? Or do I wash my hands of him? And he ended up washing his hands of Jesus. And I think a lot of times we do that in the world still today. And Jesus actually taught in the sword the seed that some seed fell among the rocks and it, and it shoots up and very excited. And, but as soon as they have to sacrifice and suffer for the, for the cause of Christ, it says they, just as fast as they came in, they go out. We wash our hands of Jesus because Jesus said, that, listen, we, we, we think I'll become a Christian and everybody's going to like me. Jesus said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you too. And that you better arm yourselves because you're going to have to suffer for my cause. Today, even more so, we're seeing that around the world. But here's the other thing that struck me to be amazingly similar to what's happening in today's culture. Because Pilate goes, okay, world, do you want Jesus or do you want Barabbas, a criminal? You want this criminal or you want Jesus? And when the world was presented with that idea, the world chose the criminal. What do you see happening right now in our country? The same thing. 
The world is saying, give us the criminal when all we need is Jesus. You see, you can't just encounter him. You've got to be able to say, I don't want to just encounter you, but I want to follow you. I want to give you my life. And I don't care. I don't care if I've got to get up, give up everything for it. I don't care that it looks a little bit different than I thought it would look. I don't care that I'm going to have to suffer for your cause. I'm all in, Jesus. I'm all in. We can know about him and even choose to follow his teachings and do his work. But it doesn't mean we've encountered him and we're changed by him. I want to show you a couple examples of this. The seven sons of Scivia. This was uh, seven guys that saw what was happening with the disciples who were preaching Jesus. And man, they were casting out demons and people were getting healed. And they were like, wow, I I I love the teachings and I love what I see happening. There's good happening. I want to be a part of that good. And so they saw someone demon possessed and they decided that, man, I'm going to go help with that. I am going to. I'm going to cast this demon. We're going to cast this demon out together. And man, they went up to this demon-possessed person and they said, look, obviously they're talking about Paul and then they talk about Jesus Christ and the demon looked at him and said, listen, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but I don't know you. And then the demon ended up whipping them, stripping them and sending them down the road naked, shaming them. Wow. (laughs) You know, it wasn't the fact that they just had the name and they wanted to do the work. But they had to have the encounter because without the encounter, you have no power. And and unfortunately, I, I see this happening in the church world as well, where people see the good that's happening. They embrace the teachings of Jesus because they're good teachings. And they... Uh, want to do the good work that they see going on. So they, they, they jump in and they want to be a part of it. But when they go out and they face the enemy, which if you're doing anything for God, you will, the enemy turns on them and beats them up and sends them away in shame. Because it wasn't enough that you knew the name and you wanted to do the work but, and follow his teachings, but you also had to have had the encounter question does does the devil know your name important question you know in the scriptures you say well you know I said he's my lord he's my lord so I I must be good but yet we have a teaching of the lord saying this in Matthew 7 21 not everyone who says to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven wow wow and and look that's lord lord I mean, that's kind of like not just Savior, but Lord and double emphasized. Lord, Lord. So he said, it's not enough that someone says to me, Lord, Lord. But the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven, that's the one who will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Wow, here's, here's this group. They're actually doing the work, prophesying in his name, casting out demons in your name performing many miracles in your name. I mean, that's some pretty amazing things. But this is scary 
He says, then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Lead me, you who practice lawlessness. Wow. Why? Because they never had the encounter. They never had the encounter. And you, and you might say, well, how could, you know, the devil run them out? And then on the other side, these people were able to do these miracles without having Jesus in them. Well, here's why. Because God can use a donkey if he wants to. And sometimes God will just use someone because of the people's sake, not because of the person being used sake. All right, so, so this, this, this man is something because you can be in church, you can be involved, you can be a singer, you can, you know, serve, you can, you know, uh, lift up Christ and talk about Christ around everywhere. But if you did not encounter him and decide with your own free will to follow him and give up your life for his, then guess what? He's going to say, I don't know you. Depart from me. Wow. So hence the test. The Bible tells us that we should test ourselves. In 2 Corinthians 13, 5, the Holy Spirit says this through Paul. Test yourselves. Now, I want you to stop right there. Notice, I'm not testing you. I'm asking you to test yourself. So this isn't me talking to you. This is you talking to you about God. All right, but I need you to do that. What I'm asking is that you would do that. He said, test yourselves to see if you're in the faith. Examine yourself. Examination means, you, okay, I've got to look at some things. Or do you not recognize this about yourself that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, indeed, you have failed the test. Guys, we don't want you to fail the test. But if you do fail the test, there's a way to pass it. Amen? You don't have to walk away sad today like the rich man did you don't have to walk away mad like the pharisees and sadducees did you don't have to denounce like Pontius Pilate did you don't have to be destroyed by the enemy like the seven sons of Sceva and you don't have to deceive yourself like those who were doing the work but never knew him you can be honest so here's the test guys There are irrefutable proofs that you have encountered Jesus Christ and have chosen to follow him by giving your life completely to him. These proofs are obvious. And I'm only going to give you three questions for you to examine yourself, for you to judge yourself. And this is straight from the holy word of the Lord. The first question is this. Does the Holy Spirit bear witness in your spirit does he bear witness in your spirit in Romans 8 16 it says the spirit himself testifies in our spirit that we are children of God all right so what he's saying here and what I'm trying to ask you to examine yourself when you get born again what happens the Bible says when you get born again that this stony heart is removed by God and he replaces it with a sensitive heart for the things of God. So literally, you have a heart transplant. And on top of that, it says the Holy Spirit of the Lord comes inside of you. And so how can we say that we have been born again by the Spirit and not even know the Spirit of God lives in us? 
How would you not know if someone was living in your house? How would we not remember an encounter of that magnitude of having a heart transplant and the spirit of the Lord coming upon you and removing sin out of your life? How can you, how can you not remember that encounter? I mean, it would be like saying, uh, I encountered a dump truck the other day. A dump truck hit me the other day. I encountered it. And then say, well, how was it? I, I can't remember. Well, maybe you got amnesia. You got knocked silly. But there's no way that we can encounter this great salvation. And it be just words. There's no way we can encounter this great salvation and there not be a knowing on the inside that something has happened. Now, now look. It happens differently for every single person. I mean, the Apostle Paul, guess what? He got knocked off of his feet with his bright light. But the Ethiopian, Ethiopian eunuch was on a wagon reading the scriptures and couldn't understand nothing and was seeking. And Philip got up on the wagon and started explaining Christ to him. And somewhere along that journey, he said, man, I believe. And both of them knew that they had encountered the Lord and asked to be baptized. So have you had that encounter where you have said no to the world, no to sin, no to my life, and I am embracing you, Jesus, and I'm choosing to follow you, Jesus, and I give up my life for yours, and because of that, the Holy Spirit come upon you. Sin leaves you. Come on, someone. And, a, and the old heart comes out of you and a new heart comes inside of you. Has that happened to you? If it's not, you can't say that. If someone has to convince you that you're saved, you're probably not. Okay? Number two, do you desire to read the Word of God? And does it make sense to you? 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3 It said, therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. And like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. So a couple of things here. One, you get rid of that yucky stuff out of your life. You get rid of it. It's no more. But it says when you are born again, you're like a newborn babe. How many moms do I have in here? Raise your hand if you're a mom. All right, moms, you can tell me this. Uh, when you bring that baby home, and uh, do you have to tell the baby to eat, or does the baby tell you it wants to eat? The baby tells you it wants to eat, right? And so it's the same way. How can we be born again in the Spirit, become newborn babes in Christ, and have no desire to eat His Word? Because here's what we need to understand. We have been made into a new creature, the 2.0 human being, where we're no longer just like the world. We've been born again in the spirit. And just like our physical bodies has to have food. I mean, come on. We know that. Your stomachs are growling already, right? We know that. I mean, regardless, you can say I'm not eating for a little while, but eventually your body goes, no, you're going to eat, Right? And then you're going to find it, you're going to forge it, you're going to kill it, you're going to cook it, you're going to work and get money, you're going to buy it. You're going to do whatever you got to do to eat because your physical body needs it. 
It's the same way with the Spirit. When you've been born again in the Spirit and you're this new creature, listen to me, it has to eat. You can maybe not eat for a little while, but eventually it is so strong of the desire that you have to go and you have to eat. And if that desire to eat to God's Word is not with you, man, that's, that's not good, y'all. Because that's an indication that something is bad wrong. Because if you're a new creature, I shouldn't have to beg people to read their Bible. I, we shouldn't have to beg anyone to read their Bible who gets saved. Because automatically, you know, that you don't have to tell a kid, you know, a baby, uh, you, you need your mother's milk. That baby knows what it needs and he goes after it. And that's exactly how it has to be, guys, when, when you're born again. And then the word actually starts making sense to you. It's not that you understand the whole Bible, but you understand the milk of it. You understand the simple things now that you didn't understand before. Because in 2 Corinthians, it says that there's a veil that's over people's eyes. But when you get saved and born again in Christ Jesus, the veil is removed. And so if you're reading the Bible and it just looks Greek to you, like you got a Greek Bible. Well, if you had a Greek Bible, actually bring it to me because that's a very expensive thing. <laughs> Some of you get that in a minute. But, but if you can't understand it, if it doesn't mean anything to you, then something is wrong. Something is wrong. You, you have not encountered Jesus. Because when you encounter Jesus, those blinders are removed off. Hmm. The third question that we need to answer, is there an obvious change in your life? You see, how can I get a heart taken out and a new one put in, be given the spirit of the almighty God, yearn for the, the word of the Lord, have it open to me so I can actually see it and understand. Not just, not, not just have it open to me, but I come into covenant with God where he said, I am going to write my word upon your heart. I'm going to put a Bible app inside of you. And then I'm going to put it in your mind. You know, to have all of that and to say a prayer after someone or to, and to walk off and, and to keep living like you're living with no change, something's wrong with that. That's an oxymoron. In other words, it cannot exist. I want to read the scripture, and I'm just going to let the scripture explain this to us. 1 John 3, starting in verse 6, the whole chapter is amazing. It says, no one who remains in him sins continually. Hmm. No one who remains in him sins continually. Now, in the same book, in chapter 1, it says, well, actually, it starts in chapter 2. It says, if we sin... We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, who is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. All right, so it's not saying, you know, about someone stumbling, but it's saying someone who's continuing. So no one who remains in him sins continually. No one who sins continually has seen him or knows him. Little children, make sure no one deceives you. Guys, a lot of people are being deceived about this. The one who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin, I'm not saying this, the scripture is saying this, is of the devil. By the way, see this whole idea in the world where somehow you can be neutral, where I can just, you know, not belong to the devil or God, just be myself, is a lie. 
You belong to one or the other. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil, so that no longer would I be a sin, a, a, a slave to sin, but I would be a slave to righteousness. Romans chapter 6. Then he goes on. It says, no one who has been born of God practices sin because his seed remains in him. And he cannot sin continually because he has been born of God. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil, watch this guys, are obvious, are obvious. Now let me explain that. Remember I said when you're born again, you're a new creature. See, the person in the world continues in sin. But when you become a new creature, you can't continue in sin. Okay, who has cats? Who has cats? Who in here has cats? Raise your hand. All you cat lovers, all right? All right, so a cat, a cat knows it doesn't belong in the water. <laughs> right, guys? So if, if you try to go bathe that cat, you're going to find out it knows it doesn't belong in the water. Now, you, that cat might be walking along, maybe on a windowsill, and maybe slip and fall in the water. But I don't even know as soon as he falls in the water, he's out of the water. I mean, he, boop, meow, he's out of the water, right? You know, someone, you know, might throw him in the water, try to get him wet, throw him in the water. But guess what? He won't stay in that water. Bam, bam, he's out. Have you ever tried to hold one in the water? What's he going to do? He's going to scratch, bite, claw. You ain't keeping him in the water. Hence, it should be with a Christian. Because a Christian may accidentally slip in the sin, but they can't stay there. They, they might get tricked and pushed in it, but they won't stay there. And if you try to hold them in it, come on, somebody. They got a holy anger going to come up and they're scratching, claw and bite. They're going to do whatever they have to do to get out of that. Why? Because you are born of God and you cannot do that anymore. You can't. So guys, these are the three questions. And here's the thing about these three questions. You got to get all three right. If you don't get all three right, then something's not right. Something's off. I want you to stand to your feet. No one moving around. I want you to look at this scripture, this next scripture. 2 Corinthians 6. It says, as God's partners, I'm begging you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and ignore it like Pastor Terry said, such a great salvation, such a great story. How can we ignore it? For God says, at just the right time, I heard you. On the day of salvation, I helped you. Indeed, the right time is now, and today is the day of salvation. Today is that day. 
want you to bow your head and close your eyes. No one looking around, no one moving. It's a holy moment before God. The Holy Spirit is in this place. The Bible says unless the Holy Spirit draws us, there's no way we can come can even come to Christ. But I believe people in this very room and listening to me are being drawn by the Lord right now. That these questions, when you looked at them, you didn't pass. But God's not here to judge you because of that. He's here to save you from that judgment. He's here to pull you from that place so you can pass them. Because the only way you're going to pass them is if you have a real, genuine, true encounter with the Lord. But there's a willingness that has to take place. There has to be a willingness on the inside of you to say, yes, I will not just encounter you, but I will follow you and I will give my life up for you. You see, that has to be present as well. Well, the Holy Spirit is present in this place. The Holy Spirit is moving in this place. But now is the time for you to move and decide. So if you're in here and you're being drawn by God, truly encounter him I want you to raise your hand right where you're at raise it come on raise it up high raise it up high yes 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 come on raise it up raise it up high raise it up high come on all right here in the center yes keep it up keep it up anyone else said that's me anyone else says that's me come on raise it up now is the day of salvation all the way over on the corner keep it up sir keep it up now is the day yes keep it up all the way over there right here in the middle anyone else said that's me that's me come on now is the day of salvation don't reject such a great salvation now is the time for this salvation who else said that's me pastor that's me pastor anyone else would raise their hand and say that's me that is me wow wow right here another one thank you thank you another one thank you anyone else said that's me Come on, the Holy Spirit's drawing you. The Holy Spirit's pulling on you to give yourself to Christ. Anyone else? Anyone else? We're going to do something, guys. Because here's what I know. This is not a cheap salvation. It's one you have to decide that you're going to move on for the rest of your life. And God wants you to encounter Him in a way that you've never encountered Him before. And today, that is going to happen. If your hand was raised, I want you to get down here to this altar. Come on, come right here and meet me. Come on, right here and meet me to this altar. Come on, give them a hand clap, guys, as they come down to meet Jesus. Come on, give them a hand clap, guys, as they come down to meet Jesus. Come on down. Come on, come on down. Fill this whole area up right here, right here. Come on down. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, church, go crazy out there. For these new family members coming to Jesus. Let them through. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyone else? Anyone else? Now, I need my leaders down here to truly bend down and pray with them. Talk to them about what's going on and begin to pray with them. And church, come on, let's just begin to worship him. Let's just begin to lift him up. Come on, talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. You give your heart to Jesus. You allow the spirit of Jesus come upon you, the spirit of Jesus to fill you, the glory of God himself to touch you. Oh, come on, church. Worship in church. He is worthy. Touch him. Touch him.
love Jesus up in this place. I want to say this to all the new members of the kingdom of God in our family. Can we go crazy for them, guys? Come on, can we go crazy for them? this guys those of you that came down and encountered the Lord God Almighty now you do what people do when they encounter the Lord you be baptized and I'm encourage you to be baptized well I've been baptized before but not since you've encountered him you be baptized and our leaders will be getting with you on this but I just want you to know every one of you that giving your life to Christ and for all of us in here we must continue to tell the story. And it's a story where people have to encounter God and then decide willingly that I will follow Him and I will give everything up for Him. Because only there is where you'll find that salvation, the born-again experience by the Spirit. Amen? It's been a great day this Easter. Come on, someone. Give the Lord a hand clap. We've got services going on all around the world had two now here and pray we got one more uh, for today but I love you guys remember to get your crosses on your way out God bless y'all y'all have a wonderful Easter